Welcome back to Two Keto Dudes. This is Carl Franklin from Connecticut in the United States. And in February 2016, I put myself on a ketogenic diet to take control of my metabolism. In just two and a half months, I managed to reverse all my markers of type 2 diabetes with diet alone. As of now, I'm 80 pounds lighter with no signs of diabetes or heart disease. Hi, I'm Richard Morris in Canberra, Australia, and I've been on a ketogenic diet for three years. When I started, I was very sick with complications from type 2 diabetes. Within six months of starting a ketogenic diet, all of my biomarkers of disease had disappeared. I've also lost about 80 pounds, and I've completely turned my health around. And this show is not only a document of my progress through ketosis, but Richard's experience thriving for years in ketosis. Oh, yeah. And hopefully, that might help a few people who are curious about this kind of dietary hacking. Yeah, we're not doctors. We don't want to give anyone any medical advice, but we are keen to share our own experiences. We're actually both software developers, so we're not afraid of a little technical detail, are we, Carl? No way, Jose. (laughs) (laughs) We've done some research into our own deranged metabolisms and the science behind them. We hope to share some of that research. Where possible, we intend to put links in the show notes to cite research supporting any claims that we make. And you'll probably work out pretty quickly that we're both foodies. Oh, yeah. We love to cook and we love to eat. Mm -hmm. In every episode, we both share a keto recipe that cannot be ignored. Ignore it? I dare ya. Yeah, I dare ya. So let's start podcast number 75 Doing Science at Keto Fest with Dave Feldman. Now, before we get started, Richard, you're actually in Australia right now recording this on July 4th, but it's coming out after Keto Fest. So let me explain what's going on to the listeners. Yeah. Happy 4th of July, Carl. Yeah. Thank you very much, buddy. <laughs> Uh, so what we're doing is we're, we're doing the intro and outro to this show before Keto Fest, but we really wanted to capture Dave Feldman's experiment after it had been yeah. done with the data and the results. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk to Dave on the Monday following Keto Fest, which was just a couple days ago, if you're listening to this when it comes out. And uh, we're going to stitch that into the show and make a show out of it. So we don't really know if we have any apologies or corrections from last week's show, do we? We will know soon enough. (laughs) We will know soon enough. If we do, they'll be on the website. So don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's revisit what a ketogenic diet is. Sure. A ketogenic diet is 20 grams or less of carbohydrates every day. Uh, Your protein will scale with your lean body mass. So what's lean body mass? Lean body mass is what you would weigh if you didn't have any body fat. So So what you weighed in high school. (laughs) <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Half your luck if you did. Yeah. So, and all of our energy will come from fat. Fat. That's right. <laughs> fat. It's uh, fat on your plate uh, or it could be fat on your body. Yeah. Yeah. Like from that Krispy Kreme you ate a decade ago. That's exactly the one. So, this is the portion of the show where we give away a prize to one lucky member of the Two Keto Dudes fan club just for being a member. And today, we're giving away a Two Keto Dudes coffee mug to one Kathy Russell. Congratulations, Kathy. And uh, Kathy just won a Two Keto Dudes coffee mug that has our mugs on it. Mm -hmm. And it probably says, show me the science or something silly like that. And how did she enter to win that? She went to fanclub.twoketo.com and answered a few questions. And I mean, a few, like five questions. Yeah. And uh, she was in the fan club like a whole bunch of other people. All right. So that brings us to... Uh, I'm going first this week. All right. 
So this is a post that was on the ketogenic forums, mm. and it's alcohol testing policy at work and keto. Okay. Uh, and this is from Nikima, and Nikima says, Hi, everyone. This is my third day around these parts, but not to keto. And so far, I'm really digging the forum. Thanks, Carl and Richard. You're welcome, Nikima. This place is so much better than my previous online keto hangout. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's get with the right, question. Right, right, So, essentially, uh, Nikima says that uh, his or her workplace is requiring us to do a yearly acknowledgement of company policies, and I'm hung up on our alcohol testing policy because it gives absolutely no outs. If you blow above 0.02 on an evidential breath testing device, an EBT, hmm. uh, and other methods can be used to test at the sole discretion of the company, but they don't say what the levels or consequences will be. But basically, if you blow over that, uh, the, the consequences are you'll be removed from duty immediately, suspended without pay, and maybe subject to other or additional discipline up to and including termination reemployment. Mm. Okay, so my response is, at least in Australia, you can request a blood test at most police officers, and that would rule out any false positives. Right, because a blood test isn't going to find alcohol in your breath or, or ketones no. or anything. It's going to look directly in your blood. It's a much more accurate yeah, test. Exactly, and it's only looking for ethanol in your blood. So. Yeah. It, that's going to rule it out. I would suggest if your employer doesn't want to open themselves up to potential liabilities, they probably would want to give you that as an option. Yeah. At least in Australia, you can certainly go up to a police station. Uh, and I'm not sure what what would happen where you are, but mm-hmm. um, I'm hoping that that would be an option for most. Most police uh, stations would probably give a backup test at least to do that. Yeah. The reason that this problem happens is that breath alcohol testers use a metal oxide silicon sensor to detect volatile gases. Ah. And older alcohol breath testers used an organic solvent vapor sensor like a tin oxide. Uh, and what it does is it picks up a bunch of things. It picks up ammonia, acetone, toluene, sulfur dioxide, ethanol, gla- gasoline, Whoa. and carbon monoxide. So if you've been huffing gasoline, Don't drink it. You'll, you'll blow high. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but of course, um, if you are ketogenic, you're going to be producing acetone on your breath. If you have a high protein diet, you're also going to be producing ammonia on your, on oh, your breath. Right, right. And you could also be producing sulfur dioxide. Mm. Um, so, you know, these are three things that are going to be picked up by a, a, an older breath tester. Very the good. newer devices that the police use um, rule out more false positives because they have a more um, uh, finer tuned uh, sensor. Yeah. So um, the other thing you could just do is take a ketone meter, um, sure, and uh, you know, and just show them that you you're pulling ketones. But they don't, you know, they they'd have to understand what that means. I like the first suggestion, which is go to uh, the police station and request a blood test. That's sure. the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you could go to a walk-in lab. I, I'm assuming that uh, you could go into a walk-in lab and get a blood test. A blood test will not show that you have alcohol in your blood when it when you actually have ketones. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. So that's mine. What do you got, Carl? Uh, this is a comment on the forums, forum.2keto.com, about episode 72, Bad Science with Nick Mailer. And this is from Dayon, who says, I thought this was an amazing episode and very insightful. Mm. I want to comment on the topic brought up toward the end of the podcast, the topic of the vaccine that lowers cholesterol offers hope of immunizing Uh, against cardiovascular disease. And that's a quote. Mm -hmm. It's an article that we talked about. Given Nick's explanation of the use of the word vaccine in order to make this poison palatable, of course, you can't be against the vaccine or are you anti-vaxxer? Right. <laughs> it brought to mind a very recent Weston A. Price email I received about updates to repeal California SB 277, summarized below. 
And SB 277 eliminated the personal and religious belief exemptions for vaccination in order for children to attend public or private school, preschool, or daycare. Because of SB 277, California's kindergartners are now required to receive 25 doses of different vaccines, including for a sexually transmitted disease, before they can attend school. And the law is not limited to kindergartners. It applies to all students, K-12, through forcing parents to give their children more than 40 doses of 10 federally recommended vaccines in order to attend school. School-aged children who are not up to date on every mandated vaccine are required to homeschool without options for classroom learning. The only exception is for medical exemptions, which are very difficult to obtain. All right, that's the background on 277. Mm. And Dayan says, what worries me is by calling this new drug that lowers cholesterol a vaccine, they will start giving it to children. And in states like California, the parent has no say in not vaccinating the child. Just another way our parental rights are being placed in the hands of government. I'm very concerned about the vaccine wording and was just wondering if others are too. Yeah. And Nick replies, thank you for your lovely compliment, Dayon. I agree that the hijacking of the term vaccine is very worrying. I know too well that proper vaccines have been miracles for our species. The fact that we've wiped out smallpox and children no longer spend their lives in iron lungs because of polio is a profound blessing. But to be a parasite on that legacy's rightful reputation is downright evil. Yeah. I think I would make one comment here, and that is with regards to the sexually transmitted disease vaccine. Okay. Um, this is actually something called Gardasil, which is a vaccine for the human papillomavirus. Yeah. And that virus causes cervical cancer. Uh, it was actually invented by an Australian, and Australia is one of the first countries to vaccinate all young girls with the virus, and mm. they've started vaccinating young boys as well because – Boys carry the virus yeah. uh, and, uh, and deliver it, unfortunately. And this uh, is actually a virus against a cancer, which is uh, cervical cancer. Wow. Yes. So this is a vaccine against cancer, which is the first time that w- has ever been created. And that um, cancer is c- cervical cancer, which uh, actually killed my grandmother. So, oh, wow. um, so I have a personal, I have a personal stake in this. So um, it's not entirely. Uh, a vaccine that allows children to ha- to have sexual encounters without risk, which is, right. I guess, some of the some of the um, rhetoric about yes, about this, sure. you know, sexually transmitted disease. Yeah. Um, it's it's a vaccine for cancer. Um, I would be happy to take it myself and um, and uh, have my daughters and sons all take it if I had any. So, yeah. um, you know that. That uh, I, I would say in that in that particular case that that particular vaccine is uh, probably less of it less of a problem. Yeah, that's a a salient point, Richard. And uh, very sorry about your grandmother. And you, that's all right. The whole vaccine rhetoric is is really uh, dangerous. And I think that's really the point of what what these guys were talking about. Yeah, at least we're not talking about putting statins in the water supply. Oh, geez, don't even get me started. <laughs> Hey, uh, let's go to Dave Feldman and Carl Franklin and Richard Morris talking after Keto Fest. Dave Feldman. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And guess what? I'm in the country as well. (laughs) (laughs) And I've got a deep voice because... Yeah, Richard sounds much more subdued after Keto Fest than he does before Keto Fest. Yeah, I kind of had a cigar after Keto Fest. 
<laughs> and that uh, I, I don't often smoke. I mean, I, I haven't smoked cigarettes for 14 years, and mm. I think the last time I had a cigar was about eight years ago, and it's just done something to my voice. So we are all in uh, Pop Studios where Dave did his crazy experiment this weekend over Keto Fest weekend. But Dave, I'm just going to let you take the floor and tell us what you did and what happened. Well, I got a great setup for you. And uh, I just want to say that I did a post on my blog on July 11th, for those of you who read my blog, where mm-hmm. I stated explicitly the hypothesis for this experiment in advance. And I'd like to actually read it. I said, following the second phase of a higher dietary fat, I predict the resulting LDL cholesterol for the majority of participants will show a decrease when compared to the first. Now, this is the Feldman Protocol, isn't it? This is. This is the same thing we've talked about with you on the show, and I did, and, and you've basically done over and over and over again. But this, what's different about it this time? Well, this time, we had a lot of people on board. We yeah. had a lot of people right. joining KetoFest. And just to recap it real simple, the plan was for everybody to either eat low-calorie or completely fast, but still stay on a low-carb, high-fat ratio hmm. for Tuesday, July 11th, Wednesday, July 12th, Thursday, July 13th. And of course, many people would be traveling in that period of time. Right. Then of course, do the 12 to 14 hour water fast from whatever the last meal was, if you had one on the evening of Thursday. And then we had PTS Diagnostics, bless their hearts, they decided to help us with the equipment and services and paid for a phlebotomist to be on site here at your studios, Yeah. which we used as a staging area and got uh, 24 people to participate. That's awesome. Everybody yeah. got uh, free blood tests, and we used their device, the CardioCheck, uh, which actually was able to give us um, information on lipid numbers in 90 seconds. That is astounding. It's it's like a glucometer on steroids, isn't it? Right. It is, and to be fair, I had heard about it um, a while ago, but when I had heard about it, I heard it wasn't that accurate, and now I'm quite possibly changing my tune quite a bit because <laughs> I've actually gotten to see a little more of their internal uh, documents and also the ones that they've published. And of course, we'll be able to compare what we got here on site with the phlebotomists. Uh, I don't know if that's how you say it, but the the tubes that the phlebotomist took from everybody that's also getting sent off to labs to compare them with as well. Right. So, basically, they they did draw a vial of blood, didn't they? Yes. For each of the participants, they drew one vial of blood and separately, they did the cardio check, which is like a finger prick. Um, And so, we had the information from both. It was was a bit more complicated than a finger prick, though, because the the finger prick was a glucose test and then they had a pipette that drew out quite a lot of blood, right? That's true. That's true. And to be fair... I unfortunately wasn't able to get uh, fully processed myself. While I fully intended to participate in the same experiment and plan to do so, <laughs> alas, as often happens, there was a foible, but it was on my part. I got actually pretty sick in the middle of yeah. Friday. Yeah. But needless to say, they they ate low calorie before Keto Fest. During Keto Fest, obviously, it was a food festival, so they ate high calorie ketogenic ratios. Correct. And then you had another blood test on Monday morning, which was this morning, right? That's right. And I should emphasize that same hypothesis I mentioned, I then doubled down on. And on my presentation on Sunday, on July 16th, the day before we're taking all the blood tests that are that happened this morning, Yeah, I said once again what my hypothesis was, introduced everybody, 
uh, in the audience, as many of the participants were in the audience at the time, and said, you know, this is to me, I believe good science is about being transparent. Mm, and I right. believe the process should be transparent and whatever the outcome, we should continue working forward from there, whatever it turned out to be. And what happened? Oh, that's the best part, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I should tell your listeners that actually, true to form, Carl and Richard have been so busy today, they themselves are completely unaware of what the outcome was. That's true. Yeah, we're in suspense. So you're getting it for the first time. I mean, ready? I know what my numbers were, but yeah, I, I don't know, know mine what. Were too. Yeah. yeah. And actually, why don't we do that? Why don't we start with you guys? All right. So sure enough, both of you guys trying to be, you know, opposites attracting, maybe because one of you is up top and the other's down under. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carl bumped up slightly. Yep. And uh, and uh, Richard, when he was coming back to see me, I was going to enter his numbers. He goes, oh, this is a disaster. <laughs> well, a disappointment, I think, was the word yeah, I used. A great disappointment. Yeah. I said, oh, no, he's going to be a huge confounder. And sure enough, he had had a 10-point uh, a drop. Yeah. Uh, mm. Which I found laughable, but. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, it was the HDL figure that I was hoping would rise a lot more. Yes, the HDL wasn't quite up to your standards. Yeah. And in both times I've done the Feldman protocol, my HDL went down. <laughs> yes. Which is really, really curious. Which uh, has happened a few times with a few people. It, it generally isn't the case. Generally, the HDL does, in fact, go up. Yeah. Uh, but even in this experiment, uh, three people saw it go down slightly. Mm. Okay. Tell us what it all. What okay. all happened? So, the LDL is the one we want to focus on. In fact, I don't even like total cholesterol, and I'm I'm not going to focus on it. The yeah. LDL is what we're really interested in, and it's worth emphasizing for those people who are keeping track. This is, of course, the calculated LDL, which is the Friedwald equation, but that is the one you're going to get back on your standard lipid panel. Right. So, of the 24 people that did this protocol, we had two oddities. One is one person dropped out. Yeah. They did the Friday test, but did not come back for the Monday test, unfortunately. Okay. And we had one who had an HDL above 100. Whoa. And that was, sure enough, another perfect candidate for my lean mass hyperresponder profile. That's uh, another show, I think. Yeah, <laughs> that should be another show. And he is uh, super, super lean. But because his HDL was above 100, the cardio check didn't give a figure other than the above 100. So we have right. to actually wait for his labs to come back from the um, from LabCorp and Quest mm. uh, to actually know what they are. So this analysis is only for the remaining 22. Okay. Now, of the remaining 22, there were three that saw a slight bump up in their LDL. Okay. Which means, of course, there were 19. Wow. Yeah. That's All significant. 19. <laughs> dropped. And the mean average drop, including all of them, including the ones that bumped up, the mean average drop was 25.7. Wow. LDL dropped by that much. And the percentage change is a 16% drop. Wow. Nice. Once again, this is in three days. Yeah. Mm. Now, this isn't as controlled as I would have normally been, in which case I would have wanted to do like, say, meal plans and so forth. I basically told everybody that what I mostly cared about was that they take pictures of everything that they eat. Right. And that way, even if the logs are somewhat loose, they're completely auditable. So we can go back, look at everything and double check against what everyone's logs are to be sure. And did you get good data from that? Do you think? Well, 
I'm kind of glad I have you guys chatting with me right now because I think the only people who didn't weren't weren't quite as reliable in taking pictures were that would uh, be us. That'd be us. That'd be uh, the two guys who are the busiest. Right. Actually organizing and running this, but. And not sleeping. Yeah. And, and not sleeping. I definitely saw that as well. Uh, but no, overall, I'd have to say not only were the participants really great, but if they're listening right now, I, I cannot thank you enough. Yeah, the adherence was amazing with everybody being real troopers about not only staying low during the low period coming mm. up to that Friday, but I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely had lots of discussions. One of my favorites was uh, with Amber of the carnivorous diet, of yeah. course. The one and only time I think I will have seen a large steak in front of her, and her having a tough time being able to eat it. <laughs> it was, it was a sight to behold. But sure enough, she was being a trooper too. Her appetizer just before that was a plate of ribs. Yeah. So everybody was doing their job of trying to eat as much as they could, but as per my instructions, not to a point of actually getting sick or nauseous. And and incidentally, if anybody is ever considering doing my protocol, that's what I say. It's, it's at comfort levels, right? but it does prove the dynamism, or at least as of today, we see a lot of evidence to back it up more than ever before. Right. And if you want to know the background on Dave's uh, protocol, what he's doing here with cholesterol and proving the dynamism of it, or at least uh, a strong hypothesis of that. Go back and listen to show 38, Hacking Cholesterol with Dave Feldman, and then also show 63, Cholesterol Code Update with Dave Feldman. And so, you'll, you'll get the whole background of what we're doing here, but essentially, you're, you're showing that uh, you eat a lot of fat and your cholesterol numbers all go in, after just three days, all go in the right direction that your, uh, your doctor is going to like. And I would say my one correction is I don't even like to say right direction or wrong direction, given certainly what I've learned up to this point, so much as it's proving just how dynamic the lipid system is right. and why making such gigantic decisions on a single annual cholesterol test, especially for like lifelong statin yeah. therapy, is something I so highly discourage. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, we're going to do more shows um, talking about Keto Fest. In fact, we don't have time in this show, as you know, because we're time shifting and all that stuff. Yeah. But we will uh, we'll continue to do that. When are you going to get your numbers back from LabCorp and uh, Quest in, in, in correct for any errors? My hope is that it'll be uh, at some point at the end of this week, but I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being next week. And I do intend to have a full write-up, a, a kind of full report, if you will, of all of the data that I have that includes that as well. And that kind of does some comparisons so that people can really kind of do a deep dive on this entire experiment. It's awesome. So it occurs to me that uh, in this process of you identifying this problem in yourself and then finding somebody else to see if it happens with them and then finding more people, it's been the naysayers that have spurred you on, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> actually, I sent out a tweet that ended up being one of my most retweeted <laughs> tweets. It was very <laughs> funny. I said... Uh, <laughs> I, I've started collecting a lot of quotes that people have said to me along the way. Right. Starting with, well, you're just an N of one. Yeah. Right. Which, is, which you always hear. You're just an anecdote. Yeah. And, and you're like, okay, how about you, N of 50? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, and then what's funny is I did the identical diet experiment with my sister right. from yeah. last year. And that was an extraordinary experiment because we had identical diets. Mm. And- I got an interesting number of quotes back from that where they said, well, she's genetically related. Mm. Of course. Even yeah. though her lipid profile is like almost half of mine, mm -hmm. 
And and the thing that I found so fascinating is people would say something like, you're an N of one, or this isn't just an N of two, or there's a number of people that have written in, we don't know what they think, and jump to the conclusion of, which means this is all completely meaningless. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it, it's because here's the thing. I definitely believe from a scientific standpoint, you acknowledge what uh, limitations you have and mm-hmm. you always will have with every experiment. And you should. You should be transparent and obvious about it. But likewise, you have to acknowledge to what degree there are things worth taking away right? and looking at deeper. So if anything, if my N of one yields further research, that's not in itself a bad thing. Sure. So the naysaying of just saying, hey, I did something or you did something and now I want to go ahead and try to find a way to strike it down. I I encourage to the extent that it's constructive. Right. Sure. When you want to say, I don't like what you're coming at me with with data. So I'm just going to conclude it's completely meaningless. Then there's nothing more to talk about. Well, the, you know where this is coming from. You're goring some sacred cows, <laughs> and if your entire understanding of how everything works is based upon those, you know, sacred cows, then um, you're going to get some pushback. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I talked about this in my presentation. This is the sacred of all cows because this is <laughs> right. the this is the the cow that yields the most expensive milk. Yeah, statins are the biggest money-making product of all time, not just pharmaceutical, but the biggest moneymaker. What, more than Coca-Cola? Yeah. Wow. And, you know, I read that on the internet, so don't don't take my word for it. No, but when it comes down to it, it's really worth examining at a minimum, even if you don't believe in a low-carb diet, Mm -hmm. even even if you think everything we're talking about as far as increasing your fat, lowering your carbs, et cetera, even if you are a full-blown vegan, Mm. if you're making a decision based on a cholesterol test because your doctor's saying this doesn't change or the most common thing that I hear, which is it's all genetics. Right. right. That the and only thing that'll change this is medication. Yeah. Genetics is the biggest cop out in the world for most people. When somebody says it's genetics, I'm like, okay, which genes? <laughs> which yeah. sequence? Yeah. <laughs> Can you point me to the paper that expresses this? And that usually just shuts them up. I've got a 23 in me. Can you point me to the S&P? Yeah, exactly. There you go. There you go. It's, but yeah. it's very unfortunate. And I, I can't emphasize enough that I have a heartfelt intent for people to really understand at least that there's a lot that's not well understood right. in mm-hmm. the medical community about the lipid system. And until there's a tighter control over how dynamic this is, until there's at least that understanding, then we can't trust a lot of the existing studies that don't take that into account, which unfortunately I read a lot of them. Hmm. There's almost all of them. Yeah. Yeah. You're not actually saying that to, you need to eat a high fat diet right. and a high calorie diet That's right. to be more healthy. Correct. What you're saying is the numbers that we base everything upon are so changeable. Right. Well, and, and you know what? not factored in. I'll try to even be a good scientist in this regard and say, It would be an extraordinary coincidence as of today (laughs) with this experiment that in everything we've arranged, it worked out. But you know what? It's still within the realm of possibility that it is. Yeah. Which Mm. is why I invite, I invite those people who would consider this information concerning to take the steps to falsify this pattern. Right. That's it. You've basically put it out there. Bring it on. Absolutely. If anyone can, can falsify this, go for it. 
And it is a genuine invitation because, frankly, this pattern scares me Hmm. if people are making lifelong decisions that don't take the pattern into account, which is unfortunately going to be everybody. Yeah. Well, I know one thing. When I my LDL cholesterol started to rise in uh, 2011, I was put on a statin. And sure enough, true to advertising, the statin reduced my LDL cholesterol, but my glucose control went out of control and I became type 2 diabetic. Mm. So, you know, there are side effects to these drugs. And if we're basing the decision to medicate somebody on a, a, a random arbitrary number that can vary based on what they ate over the past three days, right. then we're potentially putting people in danger. Yeah. I believe I was put in danger. Yeah. Dave, this is groundbreakingly awesome, and congratulations on the success of your experiment. And I, I'm just loving that you're continuing to show that this pattern is real. Thanks. Thank you. And and I really, every bit of thanks you're giving me, I really want to distribute back out to the participants, including the two of you. Thank you, everybody who took part in this to help us advance the science. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. you Well, that was pretty interesting, I think. I love Dave and I love what he's done, what he's doing, the Feldman protocol, so to speak. And and, uh, I'm sure we haven't heard the last of him. No. Well, are you hungry? I'm hungry. I guess it's time for awesome. some recipes. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm going to go first because I got a quick one. Mm. This is something I had mentioned on the show before, but never really blogged about and never put it uh, online. Okay. And so it comes up in every once in a while, you know, where's the link to that recipe? It's the Keto Fest cocktail, which I called the Carl Franklin before, but mm-hmm. but this is something that we served at Keto Fest. Yeah. And uh, it's very simple to make. It's a non-alcoholic or alcoholic cocktail. You mm-hmm. can optionally add rum, vodka, tequila, bourbon, whatever you like to it. So basically, in a glass, you put a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, mm-hmm. and we generally use Bragg's because that's the most popular sure. brand, but any <laughs> apple cider vinegar that has the mother or the sediment yeah. in it is what you want. Yeah. And make sure you shake the bottle before you pour that out. Four shakes of Hella Citrus Bitters. Hella, H-E-L-L-A, mm. Citrus Bitters. You can use any bitters you want, of course, but this you is my personal favorite. or whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. But this is my personal mm-hmm. favorite. And two drops of better stevia or any liquid stevia or any sweetener or whatever you like. But I've found that better stevia is a brand that works for me. It doesn't taste too bitter. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, it really opens up the apple cider vinegar and cuts the acid and and just makes it taste like cider. Nice. Now, of course, you don't just drink that. It's not a shot. Hmm. You you fill the glass with ice and club soda, which is also known as seltzer. Or soda water. um, Or soda water, right? Exactly. And Mm -hmm. then just stir it and enjoy it. And as I said, you could add some alcohol to it if you really want to, but nice. that's what we served at Keto Fest, and it's a staple at my house. The Keto Fest cocktail. The Keto Fest cocktail, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. All right, what do you got, Richard? My recipe this week is going to be pulled beef, Philly cheesesteak style. And this was actually Ooh. the recipe that I will have had cooked <laughs> at the cooking classes on Social Saturday right. during Keto Fest. Yeah. So, um, so just to uh, – we've spoken before about pulled beef, and this is where I take a bolar roast. Which is a chuck roast. Well, actually, 
It's not entirely a chuck roast, but I have made this with both chuck and bolar. Bolar is basically the back of the arm of a cow, yeah. and the chuck is the bottom half of that. So, so the chuck is really from that, but the bolar is about four kilos, about okay. eight pounds, and the chuck roast is about th- about three pounds. It's funny. I've never seen a bolar roast in America. They must call them something different. Yeah, I think they butcher them in a different uh, way, but anyway. Mm. So, okay. so, uh, but this this bola is predominantly uh, uh, New Zealand and and mostly Southern Hemisphere, New Zealand, South Africa, and Australia. All right, in America, you could use a chuck roast. You could use a chuck roast now. Okay. So instead of one bola roast, you'd use two or three chuck roasts, and okay. it's about the same amount of meat. All right. Now, uh, so basically what I do is I put it in a slow cooker for about 10 to 12 hours until it's so soft that the meat just pulls apart. Yeah. And uh, to stop the meat from catching, I put some liquid in there like stock or some whey left over from Julie's cheese making Mm. or uh, you could just put water. Um, And when I do beef, I put in a little bit of lemon thyme Mm. uh, and some bay leaves Mm. and that's pretty much it. Uh, And I just – essentially let it cook for 10 to 12 hours and the meat just starts to fall apart. First of all, the fat renders down and then it looks like there's too much liquid in the, in the slow cooker. Yeah. But when you, uh, when you get in there with forks, you basically get two forks and you pull all the meat apart. Yeah. Those fibers of the meat soak up that liquid. And so, uh, essentially it becomes just a big old pile of, uh, about four kilograms or eight pounds of pulled beef. Oh my. So, and it's delicious. Yeah, melt in your mouth, all that. Yeah, you know, melt in your mouth, and and because it, the, the, it's cooked for so long, the, the flavors have developed. Right. And so then, what I do is I bag these up and I freeze them, and I I forget about them. And then a couple of days later, I'll come back and I'll go to my freezer and I'll pull out a frozen bag of this pulled beef, and then I'll make a meal with it. Right. And at Keto Fest, what I'm doing is six different meals with the same base basic beef. Pulled beef recipe. <laughs> That's awesome. And I know, and it's in 30 minutes. So I'm going to create six meals Crazy. in 30 minutes. And they're all, they're all about, uh, one or two dollars worth of ingredients. Right. F- for a plate of, for a plate of food. So it's extremely cheap food. Good. And delicious. Yeah. So today I'm doing Philly cheesesteak. So to do Philly cheesesteak, what I do is I, I take one of these bags of frozen beef, pulled beef, put it in the microwave for a minute, take it out of the microwave, put it in a hot pan, and what I'm going to do is render down the uh, the oils in the in the meat. So I'm okay. basically going to cook it until I can see oil on the bottom of the pan, okay. and then I drain that off into a second pan and into the second second pan that's now got this this um, beef oil. Mm-hmm. I add some sliced onions, about half an onion sliced up, and a bell pepper mm-hmm. or a capsicum in Australia mm-hmm. sliced sliced finely. Cook that down until the onion is uh, see-through. Mm-hmm. Add that back into the beef, and now I've got pulled beef with onions and uh, bell peppers. And what I'm going to add to it, this is the magical green ingredient that makes it taste delicious. Okay. Worcestershire sauce. Ooh. Now, I can't even spell Worcestershire sauce. But, Worcestershire. Uh, anyway, Worcestershire <laughs> sauce. And uh, – all it needs is about a teaspoon of that in about 200 grams of meat. It doesn't mm. really need a lot to flavor it. So you can add mushrooms and garlic to that if you want, right? 
You certainly could. Yeah. Um, you could add also add onion powder, garlic powder. Yeah. Um, you can add a, you can add a lot. Basically, it's to taste. Yeah. So you can add all of these things. But the whole point is to to make this, I guess, onion flavored beef, pulled beef, stir fry almost. Yeah, it's Philly cheesesteak stuff. Philly cheesesteak. Philly yeah. cheesesteak beef. Now we're going to put this in a lettuce leaf cup. Mm-hmm. And the next thing we need to do is. What do you need with a, with a Philly cheese steak? Cheese. cheese. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a magic bullet and I'm going to put it in the bottom of the magic bullet, about half a cup of water, and I'm going to nuke it for two minutes. Okay. And that's going to boil that half a cup of water. Okay. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to add to that about two teaspoons of sodium tricitrate, yeah. which is a magic ingredient we've spoken about before. Magic what it cheese does sauce is it, stuff. It's magic cheese sauce. It emulsifies cheese. And then I'm just going to almost fill the magic bullet container with shredded cheddar, put the lid on it, and put it on the the blender and blend that up. And what you end up with is beautiful. It's almost like Velveeta. Mm, Yeah. The thing about Velveeta is made with bad cheese. Right. But if you (laughs) – the nice thing about this recipe is you can make it with good cheese. Yes. So you can get a really nice piquant aged cheddar. Yes. And when you make cheese sauce out of that, it's delicious. Yes. So um, anyway, so that's that's the thing. You've got your leaf cup, you've got your meat in inside the cup, and you pour on a little bit of this cheese sauce. Mm. And that's what I had for dinner tonight. It was delicious. Oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> well, that's a show. We'll yeah. talk more about Keto Fest next week. But for now, mm. that's uh, that's essentially it. Of course, if you have anything that you want to tell us, something we said wrong, something that you don't agree with, or some more research that you found to support or refute anything that we've said, send it by email to dudes at 2ketodudes.com or post it on our website. And you can follow us on Twitter at 2ketodudes, on Instagram mm-hmm. at 2ketodudes, and make sure to use the hashtag 2ketodudes, right? <sighs> and of course, if you want to join our forum, it's forum.2keto.com. And if useless mm-hmm. swag is your fancy, you know, t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other junk with witty keto sayings on it, head over to gear.2keto.com. And if you want a shot at getting that swag for free, join the Two Keto Dudes fan club. You'll be eligible to win something in every show. Go to fanclub.2keto.com to sign up. Yeah, and if you feel like supporting our podcast and our forums, hit the donate button on our website at www.2ketodudes.com or just go to donate.2keto.com. You can also see our podcasts and other videos on YouTube at youtube.2keto.com. And if you haven't already, go leave a review for us on iTunes. Two Keto Dudes is engineered by Brandon Wen for Pwop Studios and produced by me, Carl Franklin. Pwop Studios started in 1999 as a full-service audio and video production facility with podcast production experience since 2002. Online at pwop.com. Well, keep calm and keto on, Richard. And keep calm and keto on, Carl. All right, we'll see you next time on Two Keto Dudes.